0: Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out ConfidentGymnast.com for details. Hi guys, on today's podcast, we are on day two of Parenting Through Mental Blocks So if you haven't already, go start with the previous episode, day one. And if you have, then you're in for a treat, parents. Today's topic is do's and don'ts for parenting through a mental block. So yesterday we talked about the two-part solution to breaking through mental blocks and staying confident. Today, I'm going to talk about how a parent's behavior can create confidence backslides and what you should stop doing right now if you want a more confident athlete plus what to do instead. And then be sure to stick around and look for part three that's gonna be all about the one thing that has to be in place before your athlete can break through their mental block. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the Perform Happy Podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. Hey everybody, welcome to day 2 of parenting the fearful athlete. Wait, no. What is this thing called? Um, parenting through mental blocks. There we go. Parenting the fearful athlete is my course for parents and perform happy. That's why I got confused. Anyway, we are here on day two. Yesterday, we talked about the two-part solution that allowed Simone Biles to break through her mental blocks. And then also that's going to hopefully prevent her setbacks and her backslides. So for those of you who have not checked out day one, definitely go check that out. And here we go. So today I'm going to be talking specifically to parents. Obviously this whole week is about parents, but athletes, if you're listening in, I just want you to give me like a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So this can be really helpful if your athlete happens to be listening to just sort of be like, yes, mom, that's correct. Or no, that's not correct. Just so that you can see, because I'm going to be giving you some examples of what it's like to be an athlete in these certain scenarios. So I would love for them to be like, nope, she's way off or yep, nailed it. That's absolutely right. But if there's no athlete nearby, don't worry. This one's for you, parents. And it's all about the do's and don'ts for parenting through fear. So I'm just going to dive right in and tell you that the second part of keeping yourself from backsliding through fear has to do with your mindset and your beliefs. So if your athlete has a mindset or a belief that this is never going to get better, there's no hope, I can't get through it, they're not optimistic, they're not patient, It doesn't matter how many they do on a low beam. They're always going to stay stuck. So here's your part. You obviously can't make them do the progressions. You can't make them have a certain mindset. You can't change their beliefs, but what you can do is model. And there is a lot of power in what you are modeling for your athlete. So your behavior, the way that you show up as a sport parent is demonstrating certain beliefs. Now, these might not be your beliefs, but I'm going to tell you what these certain behaviors are communicating to athletes about what your beliefs might be. And we as humans, especially adolescents, are always kind of checking, what do they believe? What do they think is true? What do they think is important? Because at their developmental stage, their whole task is to go, this is who I am, this is where I belong, this is what I believe, this is what's important to me. So they are scanning their environment for what's important to other people all the time. So I'm gonna give you a series of things that you may or may not be doing. So the first behavior that I see a lot of parents doing is praising and bragging about scores, places, and outcomes. Every time I see a Facebook post in my feed of somebody going, she won, she got a nine, she got a 10, she qualified to nationals, she qualified to regionals. I am not seeing any comments about character, hard work. It's all about the outcomes. So if you are doing that, here's what your athlete is hearing from you. I am only lovable when I'm winning the most important thing about my sport is the outcome. And you may believe that. And if you do, I am not your girl because I believe that scores, places, and outcomes are a beautiful cherry on top to a happy, healthy athlete. Okay, in this order, I want athletes to be happy, healthy, well, no, probably healthy, happy, successful. And happy, healthy athletes are more successful. They do get more medals. They do get those big scores. They do get those amazing outcomes. But what we don't want to be doing is praising and bragging about only those things because then your athlete believes that they are only lovable when they're reaching those outcomes for you. Because that's when you really pour love on them is when they have scored that goal or you have got that new skill. Okay, here's another scenario comparing to others. So if you are saying something like, oh, you should be more like your sister. She's so fearless. Just go for it. Or wow, your teammate is doing so awesome. They're really moving through their skills. Or your friend had such a great meet. Did you see that? Did you tell her congratulations? It is good to give people compliments. But when it's your kid, all your athlete hears is I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as them. Or my mom doesn't like me as much. Or my mom's not as proud of me. So anytime that you are doing anything that might be construed as comparison, it's setting you up to make your athlete believe that they're not good enough. I know. This it feels like a lot of pressure, you guys. And I don't mean to be like, you are terrible. I am shaming you for your behavior. No, that is not what this is about. This is about awareness awareness. And letting you know that from my perspective, working with athletes over the last, God, really long time, if you count coaching, I started coaching in 1999, coached gymnastics through for 15 years, been working with athletes one-on-one on the specific topic of mental blocks since 2015 when my little, my big one was born. Anyway, what I'm seeing is the perspective that the kids have. Their parents behave in a certain way, the kids believe a certain thing. So if you start to make some adjustments then you actually have the ability to boost your kids confidence. That's why I'm telling you this, not to say that you're doing things wrong or you're you're bad. Believe me, we all are like, you're so cute, you're so pretty, you're so smart, you know. We want to start shifting that language so that it can really support their confidence instead of actually having the opposite effect. Okay, another thing the parents do is talk about the sport in the car. And only talk about the sport in the car. I bet there's at least one of you out there who can't remember talking about anything other than the sport in the car, because you're always like, how was practice? How did it go? Did you try your best? How's your new coach? How's your teammate? Are your routines coming together? What are you guys working on? Did you go to beam today? You know, there's a lot of questions about the sport because you're like, wow, this is my kid's life. I really want to be involved. I really want to know. I'm curious you know, I do this about school. Who did you play with? Do you have any friends? Are you successful? Are you feeling good about yourself? I want to know because I care. But what happens if all you're talking about is their sport is that your athlete hears, my sport is the most important thing to my parent. That's kind of heavy duty. If they think that the sport is the most important thing to you because you talk about it so much, then that adds a lot of pressure. Like, this is so important to my mom. This is so important to my dad. And that can help just, it helps to uh, create a little extra stress and pressure. Okay, I see some comments coming through. Let's see. Aaron says, oh Lord, that is what I do. Always about best and worst part of each event at practice. Okay, Aaron, that's okay. You're not alone. But it makes your kid feel like this is very important. Now, if you have the type of kid who melts down before the state meet, because they're like, this meet is very important. Hey guys, quick announcement break. Right now, we at Complete Performance Coaching are looking for five athletes who are ready to break through their mental blocks for good. If that sounds like you or your child, then sign up for a free consultation call with one of my amazing coaches as soon as possible to see if you're a good fit for our Perform Happy Elite training program. This program includes one-on-one coaching with the world's top mental performance coaches, plus tons of support for athletes and their parents in between sessions. You can sign up today at completeperformancecoaching.com slash consult. Talk to you soon. Then you want to just not make it feel so important all the time because it's a lot to put on their little shoulders. Okay, so the next scenario telling everybody how talented your athlete is or how much potential your athlete has. Most of the kids who come to me for mental block support are highly talented kids, period. They are very good at their sport and they're the ones who are struggling with their mind. They are their own worst enemy. Their body is so capable and their mind is getting in the way. So this talent thing is something that they've probably heard their entire lives. They start their sport, they jam through the levels. Every coach loves to coach them. They're like, Ooh, try this next thing. Try this next thing. Cause they have really good body awareness. They're great at taking corrections. And then they boom, they hit a wall. It's been really smooth sailing and then it gets hard. So when you are constantly telling your athlete, oh, you're so talented, she's so talented. Oh, my kid's gonna be in the Olympics, she's so amazing. What they hear is, my success comes from something that I have no control over. Meaning like this magical talent fairy blessed me with this thing. So if I'm not successful, I must have run out of talent fairy dust and there's nothing I can do. So they feel like their source of success is outside of their abilities. It's something that was sort of granted to them. And so if you're constantly saying you're so talented and then they start to struggle, they either feel like an imposter, like everyone thinks I'm talented, but I'm actually not, or they feel like they have run out of whatever that was. Okay. Nikki's saying, is it okay to say, I will only be disappointed if you don't try your best and use practice to practice. Okay. Nikki, you are right on. So I'm going to get to that. And don't worry. I'm not going to just be like, don't do this. And then leave you hanging. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. And that is absolutely on the right track for sure. Okay. Kind of along the lines of the car talk, asking questions about the mental block all the time. That is a really common thing people do that are like, how did you do? Did you make any progress? Did you try? Did you you spend all day in the chalk box or were you up there trying? You know, did you get it today? Or you're like dropping them off and you're like, go get your back handspring today. I believe in you. What they are gonna hear from you if you're constantly talking about it, trying to fix it, trying to help, really focused on this problem skill, the athlete's gonna hear, my mom is very emotionally invested in my success. I better not let her down. I'm responsible for her happiness and I'm causing her distress. I don't want her to keep reminding me that I'm a failure. Every time you mention that skill and they don't have good news to tell you, they feel like they are failing you. They are disappointing you. They are impacting you and your emotions negatively. So we don't wanna put that on them. Even saying, go get that skill today, kiddo. You got this, work hard. They walk in going, Cool, I'm gonna fail my mom today. And I've heard this directly out of the mouths of these athletes who are like, I just want my mom to stop talking about this skill all the time because all it does is remind me that I'm failing her. Ugh. Okay. The next one showing disappointment about a performance. So if you watch her fall on her butt on her vault and go, oh, and there's these like big body language or, She doesn't make something in practice and you're like, oh, dang it. And I'm very animated. And I think I completely wear my emotions on my sleeve. And I really have to be careful with this one to sort of like not watch or not get wrapped up. But if they see you cringe or they see you like, oh no, or that judge, or they're going to feel like they have failed you, you know, that you are a disappointment or that you are not as lovable when you're not successful. If you have these big, loving, embracing, jumping up and down excitement when they are succeeding and you're so proud and you're so happy for them and you wanna tell everyone, you wanna post it on Facebook and then you have that that like bad meat, you don't post that on Facebook and you're like, mm, well, what did we learn? What do we need to do differently? The entire vibe is different, which shows them my parent loves me most when I am successful. That is what they are going to be receiving from that body language. Okay. Jessica's saying, what about my children's interpretation of my face? They often think I'm mad, but I'm actually not. (laughs) Well, we can't control that. You might want to work on your fake smile. Sometimes just like if they eat it, the big old fall and you're like, smile, hand, heart hands. And you're like, I love you. That's going to, they're going to look at you like you're completely nuts, but you're reminding them that you love them as much on the day where they fall 47 times as you do on the day when they win. You love them the same, no matter what we know that, but we have to really do a good job of reminding them of that and not scolding them for their performance because then they feel like they are a, you know, a human doing instead of a human being. They have to do in order to earn love and respect, which then ties their self-worth up with their performance, which puts this massive stress on their brain because they feel like if I fail, I'm not lovable. If I'm not lovable as an adolescent, I'm going to be alone. I'm getting pushed out of the cave when I'm 18 and I'm just going to be alone, unlovable and fail. So like, Fake smile. And you can also, you know, just be aware. Just having a little more awareness around your body language, like smile and wave, smile and wave. Even if that's not, you know, you've got the RBF. I can't, we can't help that, right? You can joke about it. Just be like, I was staring at my phone. I literally have no idea what you did. I'm sorry, I looked mad. I'm not mad. I love you. Communication helps too. Okay. Then this this final scenario that a lot of parents do, trying to motivate them to do their skill. So if you're like, okay, I know you can do this skill. If you can get it by the end of the week, I'm getting you a pony (laughs) or whatever, whatever the little bribe is. The athlete goes inside, feels the doom pit in their stomach knowing that they have tried everything, they can't do it and their parent is gonna be so mad and now they are losing the pony. Not only can they not do the skill, but now they are losing a pony through their failure. Or they're like, I have to do it. Even if it's terrifying, I have to make my parent happy. I have to do it for the external reward. If they do it, now this can happen, you guys. This can make it happen temporarily where they actually do. They do the skill that one time they get their pony, they go back to practice the next day, they can't do it anymore. I once worked with a girl who got injured on vault. And so from that period forward, she got really afraid of vaulting. And so she would have to make bets with her teammates and she'd go, okay, if I don't go for this vault, I owe you a dollar. And then she was like, okay, well, I started just paying dollars. So I was like, okay, it's gotta be five bucks. I'll give you $5 if I don't go for this. Then she started having to do more and more money. And she had to only bet with people who she knew would make her pay up because she had to keep trying to get that external motivation to go for it. And eventually it stopped working and she was out like 50 bucks a vault. She was like, okay this isn't working. It's a temporary thing that actually sends the brain into fear mode farther. So it actually sets your confidence back even more. So don't do that. You guys don't threat, don't bribe. And I'm going to talk about this a lot on our Thursday training, exactly what this whole like attempt to motivate really does to the brain. So definitely check that out. But I can tell you right now, I'm trying to motivate them to do the skill makes them feel like my parents going to be really mad. They're emotionally invested. I have to either force myself to do this and not listen to my brain or let my parent down and lose out on this prize. Okay. So to recap here, don't praise outcomes, praise progress. If they had the worst meat ever, you want to praise their character you want to praise that they showed up and worked hard. You want to praise their season up to this point. You want to praise just all those little bitty things. Like my kid was so resilient today. She face planted, then she got up and she did so amazing on her next event. I'm so proud of her. Okay. Second one, don't compare them to others. Compare her to her. And when I say compare her to her, I don't mean pull out your phone and be like, look, you did this last year. You can totally do it. Watch, this is gonna inspire you. That's the worst, you guys. Please don't don't show kids videos of them when they were successful. All it does is make them feel bad that they're not doing it or stupid. Like, what is wrong with me? This should be so easy. So instead, you want to focus on the gain, not the gap. Here's what I mean by that. If you're comparing her to her or him to him, You don't want to say, you don't want to compare her from like, how far they have to go. Like, well, you're getting closer. You're getting closer. You instead want to go, look how far you've come. Do you remember when you were a level three and you couldn't even do a kip? And now your biggest problem is a double back dismount. You're amazing. Like, look at all of these skills that you've put together in your life. That's what you want to focus on is how far have you come Remember how when you were like last year, you couldn't even do a back tuck and now you're doing a layout. That is so cool. You're all the way onto the tumble track. They're like, but I'm supposed to be on the floor. Okay, whatever. I'm proud of you. That's all I have to say. So you want to compare her to her and focus on the gain, not the gap. Okay. next one, don't talk only about sports. Instead, you want to build the relationship and get to know other parts of their life. Come in with A lot of questions in my peak performance parenting course, I give like 50 open-ended questions so that you, you go in and you're like, Oh, there are more things to talk about. Let's, you can even come up with your own list of different things that they like that they might want to talk about. Okay. Nikki's saying, what about reminding them of self-reward? Like they'll be able to level up and hit their goals. Is that the same thing? Yeah. As far as like trying to motivate them And the thing that I'll talk about Thursday in depth is that this is not a motivation issue. If your kid is struggling with fear, that lack of motivation, or it looks like a lack of motivation is really avoidance. Their brain has sent them into avoidance mode and they don't want to try it because they don't want to fail. They don't want to get injured. They don't want to endure emotional pain. So all you're doing is sort of shoving them into the fire of emotional pain by trying to motivate them. So even if it's like, remember your goals, they know their goals and they're, currently failing as far as they're concerned so don't remind them of their goals like you're way better off talking about i don't know whatever they love for my kid it would be art it would be t- making up stories in the car it would be playing i spy it would be asking you know <laughs> my kid doesn't like any questions <laughs> but she does love to be creative so if we were to do like i'm going to say the first part of a story you say the second part and then your sister will say the third part and then dad'll say the fourth part That's the kind of thing that she would want to talk about in the car, not sports, period. Okay. Don't talk about the mental block unless they bring it up. Trust their coach and just be the parent. I know that's a tough one, but I'm going to tell you, if you stop talking about it, we have a a woman I'm thinking of in our program who is doing amazing. She would post in our, in the perform happy parents group. She would be like, I am biting my tongue and I think I might explode. These are not her exact words, but she was like, I'm really not talking about it. And this is so hard. How do I know how she's doing? How do I know if there's any progress? And we're like, stay the course, stay the course. And then boom, two, maybe three months later, her kid is like, mom, I want to tell you. Because she had built the relationship based on you know the step-by-step process that we teach on how to build that relationship so that they come to you. That is the good stuff. When they really, truly trust you, you get to just be mom or just dad, and then they will bring it up if they want to talk about it. But this also involves like, you have to trust the coach. So if you have a coach that's emotionally abusive, that is the asterisk here. If the coach is not trustworthy, well, then I have a whole, a whole set of ideas on that topic. But if you get yourself into a healthy coaching environment, you can trust the coach and just be mom. Okay, don't try to motivate them. We'll talk about this Thursday. Don't praise talent, praise effort. If they believe that their success came from talent, they're in trouble. If they believe their success came from effort, sky's the limit. Don't show disappointment in their performance. Let your body show them that you love them unconditionally. Open body position, chin up, smiling. Yeah, they just biffed, and you're like, whoo, you're okay. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Way to pop back up out there. And then the last one don't try to push them to do something scary. Be patient and trust their process. Okay. And then I'm going to just wrap up with the perform happy parents mantra. So if you, if this is all you get from my talk today, here's your responsibility. These four things food, hugs, rides, tuition. That's it. Food, hugs, rides, tuition. If you do nothing else, you're doing amazing. All right. I'll see you around soon. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the perform happy podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.